0: All right, good afternoon, my name is Ken Paskins and this is the podcast leadership tool for Titans. We're sponsored today by The Shift Spot where we bring business owners and CEOs together that are ready to take control of their business and their lives. Blessed today to be with Brian Salka, a good friend of mine who is an EOS implementer. For those that don't know what that means, I'm gonna turn over to Brian. Brian, what is an EOS implementer? Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what that
1: means and what it is you do. Hey, thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me over here. So I am not a secret. I'm one of 549 people around the world that help business owners get what they want from their business. And what that means is that, you know, business owners, they're struggling. They have 136 things come to them all at once. And uh, we help them sort that out. We help them get on the same page. And The way we do it is that we've got some simple tools and we've got a proven process and when we work with leadership teams, we get stronger at three things. We call them vision, traction, and healthy. And what that means is vision, getting the leadership team 100% on the same page with where they're going, how they're going to get there. Traction is increasing the health. It's execution, getting them accountable and healthy. It's just building a team that where you want to work together, a cohesive leadership team instead of one that has politics and people running around stabbing each other in the back. So once we do that with the leadership team then we rolled out through the the organization, it, you know, it feels like when you walk into an organization that's running uh, EOS, that people are executing with real accountability and discipline against a known vision, yep. and uh, they enjoy working there. Yep, that's yep. what I do. Okay,
0: what attracted you to this, and, and maybe you can give it a little bit of highlight of your background prior to doing what you do.
1: Oh, thanks. So, um, I did a handful of startups, uh, five startups. Right. Um, and ultimately went into uh, the frozen fruit industry where I was CEO of a company that we turned into the country's largest frozen fruit importer. Right. Um. And it was a large company and uh, we had issues. And uh, I felt like Batman and Robin, you know, they got a utility belt. And every time you, you know, you solve a problem, it's like, okay, I know how to do this now. Let me put it, you know, this belt and I'll pull that one out, you know, another time. And, you know, I had uh, when we sold that company in 2016, I stuck around for another two and two, two and a half years and um, wanted to get back into the entrepreneur business. And so when I did I felt like Batman, you know, I had uh, all these tools um, and I did it for a while and it just um, the tools weren't as refined. So I learned about EOS. I heard about it. And I started studying it. I just realized that the language and the tools were so simple that they were better than any tools that I had developed. So I replaced my tool belt with the EOS tool belt and um, started using these tools. And they're just they're simpler. They're better. That's excellent. Awesome. More effective. Yeah. I over-engineered, You know, I was an engineer. And so I over engineered my tools. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To Happened. Yeah, so you took core processes and and turned out a operations manual instead. I assume back the, back in the day, uh,
1: I could create seven hundred page SOP manuals like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I can tell you the number of month the amount of money that I spent on uh, creating procedures, creating manuals, and all the stuff yeah. that sat on the shelf It never got used. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's part of a learning curve, I think.
0: Yeah. So you you go into a company and, you know, I've been around EOS for seven years, hard to believe in a different fashion. I am definitely not an EOS implementer, but, um, you know, my my philosophy or theory is that people invest in EOS and anything, uh, you know, because something's missing. Right. You know, something's not right they don't run to you because wow our processes are great we're exploding our business is growing my people are great we have an incredible vision i have a balanced life they don't go to eos they go to eos because something is missing when you come into a business what do you, what do you see as some of those biggest challenges that you know are are, are always up front
1: um I would say the number one biggest issue is the inability to make good decisions. Okay. What that means is, uh, Gino Wickman, he, he's the founder of EOS. He kind of brought all these tools together. He says the number one common donator, common denominator between great companies, is the ability to make a decision. I think people and leaders they get into a situation where they just do not feel, don't have the visibility, don't surround themselves with the right people to be able to make good decisions. So they get, you know, whatever the flavor of the month is, you know, it used to be quiet quitting. Then it was, we can't hire people. And then it was, you know, employees were walking out and then it was, you know, inflation. So it was pay increases. And then they haven't protected their brand and the value of their brand and they they treat their customers as transactions so when they need to raise their prices they can't raise their prices so their profitabilities it's a flavor of the month Um, and you know it all goes in waves all those and and in my view all of those are business issues and all of those need to be solved and you got to be have a clear head and surround yourself with the right people to be able to do that um, and the biggest thing, you know, I've seen after this, and I, I know you and I've talked about it, is that the entrepreneurs, they're just tired. Yeah. This is something that's just tired. It's been people quitting. It's been pay increase. It's like they are they can't get a break here. Right. Um, and so it's the biggest thing I've seen lately, and it's probably been in the last year, is just people coming exhausted. They're just tired. They're like, what can come next?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it does, and it doesn't stop. And and it and it's interesting too. And I'm sure you see this. I mean, I, I've worked with, you know, I mean, outside uh, companies up to 250 million dollars that are rolling out the the system and everything. And it still doesn't appear to change unless they fully adapt, fully accept, and fully uh, take on the system itself per se. But but you know, it's it's. Uh, I think a lot of owners out there they start with this great idea and grow, and they hope that once it hits five million, it's going to get easy. Once it hits ten million, it's going to get easy. Once it hits twenty million, it's going to get easy. But it doesn't until they address some of those pain points, right? So you know, if you if you look at all the different things out there, just you know, systems and process and people and all that, I, I, and I know that's a lot. But What are some of the top two or three, do you think, if you look at that, in order that businesses have to face immediately and address to to get things under control, per se?
1: Yeah. So um, people go out, they get too busy, and then they hire somebody. Yep. And when they do, they find that they're busier than they were before. And so they go out and hire somebody else, and then they realize that they were busier before. And the it just sort of sort of spreads, you know, and uh, before you know it, the business owner, at some point, they get smart and they figure out how to delegate. Right. And they get they get good at it. Right. But what they don't realize is that that delegation, the damage that they've done to the team below them. Right. Because the people below them, they have to delegate just as well as the leader did, because that stuff is going to them as well. Right. But at some point, the leader is like they don't see it. Yeah, It's not visible to it, right? That's not where their world is. And so they get this organization and people are just doing stuff, not working efficiently, not working effectively, burning out. They don't have that same skills that the business owner had to create over years in order to be able to build an effective company. So there's what we call it hallucination, right? The business owner has got this great vision working against something Thinking everybody's around him, and he turns around and there's nobody following, like everybody's just trying to survive because they don't have that same same skill set. And so it's it's the ability to scale and, and align an organization.
0: Okay. Okay. So you you hit leadership, you know, quite a bit. And I know you have a, a lot of experience in leadership. But looking at some of the CEOs that you've worked with in the past, uh um, What do you think some of the what do you see as some of the pitfalls and some of the things that both them and their leadership team face on a on a daily basis and some areas that would benefit all to basically reflect on and grow in?
1: I think it it depends on where that leader is in their journey. Right. When we, you know, in the EOS process, when we start, we start early with this idea of um, letting go of the vine of something has happened. Um, think outside the box. Um, those early concepts, they're easy to learn, right? They're difficult to master. Um, but then it gets into a little bit deeper ones. And I think at some point there's an aha that happens with, and it's not just with the lead, the owner, it's with the whole team, right? Cause you, you if you're, if you're doing it as yourself, as a single owner, you don't have a team you got to do it with a team and at some point the team starts challenging each other and the challenge sounds a little bit something like why are you continuing to deal with that you've already solved the problem just execute on it right and when the team starts holding each other accountable um, there that's a new level right that's another level in the journey that they've now start to see their business and behave on their business, like they're thinking outside the box, but then they're starting to hold other people accountable for when they're not doing their role as well. And so I think, you know, leadership is something that you could, I mean, it's one thing that everybody agrees there's not enough of. Right. Um, and they always agree that its they always need a different leader, right? <laughs> it's just, it's common, right? Yeah, It's always, the, it's that in communication. But if you um, have a leader who cares and is willing to grow and learn and get better every day and share and has the right mindset, that that's just um, a groundwork that you can just build on top of. And, and the journey that those people go on and uh, who they can take along with them is just, it's endless. It's boundless.
0: Well, and not everyone can be a leader either, right? I I see a lot of companies try to force individuals to grow, try to elevate them way before their time. Um, They almost sometimes feel a loyalty because, you know, Brian, he's been with us for five years and he wants to do this. And if we don't give it to him, uh, he's going to leave. Do you have any advice around that out of curiosity?
1: Um, So you're highlighting the difference between a leader and a manager. Hmm. Um, and both are critical. Both are absolutely essential. You know, the, the manager, it's the one who, uh, you know, make sure that everybody can run up and down the ladder really quickly, you know, that the ladder not overweighted, that you're safely, safely pulling stuff up and up and down the ladder. The leader is the one that makes sure that the ladder is leaning up against the right wall, right? And when you can't clearly define which role you're in, and you're just sort of floating all over the organization, shooting your guns, doing whatever you think is right, based off of impulse, and you're not looking around and doing health checks, and you're not self-aware. Both roles, you can be unsuccessful in both roles. Yep.
0: Yep. Agreed. What's the number one complaint when you engage an owner that you hear um, out, out, out there and why they want to engage? What's just, is there something that you hear repetitively that stands out?
1: Um, that they've hit the ceiling on something. Right. Um, and they have admitted it. They finally said, I'm tired. I've hit the ceiling. And the other thing that's common is that they've tried lots of things, right? They've tried lots of silver bullets. They have tried talking to someone, they've tried tools, they've tried downloading, they've tried websites. Um, and they're, Starting to feel like a little bit of a flavor of the month type of leader, right? I mean, they come in and bring these solutions in, but none of them seem to work. And that feeling of I just can't seem to get past this, that's when they that's when they start to reach out and say, What's next? Um, and the thing that sort of compounds this, and you hear this all the time, Ken, is that um you know, And it only happens, it sounds a little wrong to say it, but it only happens when you get the experience of seeing a lot of people on this journey, is that they all think they're special, right? Yeah. They all think that the, the profitability issues that they're dealing with at the moment, those are the biggest, most critical thing ever. They always think that the market shift that has happened or it's going to happen, that that's the biggest, most monumental thing ever. That the people problem that they have—that's the biggest thing. You know, it's just you can make it huge inside of your mind, and unless you reach out to somebody who has a perspective, someone like you or someone like you know, outside of their role, right? It can consume your mind, and you—you yeah. know—it just—it turns into negativity. It turns into problem, and, and you know that mindset. A leader has to protect their mindset yeah. from negative thinking and self-consuming. They have to be able to see the forest for the trees and they lose that because they think that they're special. That issue that they're dealing with right now is the biggest thing. And they just need, they need perspective, you know? Yep.
0: agree. You ever hear, do you ever hear them say things like, Oh, the question, why do I have to do everything myself? Why can my staff not do this? It always has to come to me in my desk.
1: Yeah. Uh, The other ones I hear are, I just need someone to do exactly the way I do it. I need them to think like me. Why can't they complete my sentences? Why can't,
0: Execute. Yeah.
1: Why can't I execute? Those are all we classify them all as people problems, right? It's people problems. And so, you know, as an EOS implementer, you know, the two tools we use are, you know, and you you swim inside this lane all the time, you see it all the time, right? Accountability chart. Yeah. And people actually living up to the accountability chart, because right it's it's great to get together and talk about it and come up with an agreement. And then if you go off and do, you know, whatever you want you're not using the tool. And that's why, you know, working with me like an implementer and coming up with that architecture is great, but then pairing that with something like a fractional integr- impl- um, integrator, yeah. pairing that with someone who is like, you know, shifts on some pairing it where you're getting some sort of outside perspective Helps you realize, oh yeah, this isn't what I was supposed. To. This isn't what we agreed to, right? They need that more constant reverberation, that more constant um,
0: perspective. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's funny. I I see this everywhere, and and once again, I, it really doesn't matter on the size of the business. Um, I, I see that the owners constantly question why they have to do everything themselves and, and why their staff can't do it. And you highlighted people problems and I don't disagree with you, but I, I have a theory too. And I turn this back on the owners and the CEOs as well and try to help them understand that we, we kind of create this, this self-fulfilling prophecy and get them reflect back when they start the, the business, right? Everything goes to their desks. right? Money is tight. And their staff comes to them and go, it's pizza Friday. Boss, do you want cheese or do you want pepperoni? And they make that decision. Then they make the next difficult decision. Now they have a $20 million company and they're choosing yellow pencils or red pencils, right? So I think that we accidentally create that environment too where I I, I tell them it's like, we take away that thinking gene. And a lot of times you just got to flip that back. And when people come to me, I ask, well, wow, I don't, I don't know. What do you recommend, and why do you recommend it? And at, at first, that startles them. But I, I was curious if you have any thoughts and and into, into that, that um, that philosophy or or that that uh, talk track, if you will.
1: Yeah. So you're hitting on it, and it's a tragedy that if you go and you read blogs or you yeah. talk to people, that they always say you just got to get better at delegating. You <laughs> just got to get better at delegating, right? And that's not what people need to hear, right? because if you look around and you're not surrounded by people that you love to work with, or they're not capable of doing the job, that advice doesn't <laughs> resonate. It doesn't work.
0: Right. Right. So
1: you got to have the fundamentals in place before you can even get to that part of the conversation. But everyone's like, you just got to be better at delegating. Just, it's like, you know, you just got to eat better. You'll, you'll be healthier. You know, <laughs> so, you, know you can't lead with that. And I've, you know, people need to think through, why, 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 and get to the reason, why, what's causing it to where I can't delegate. Yeah. They get frustrated. They get upset and they come and they carry that frustration into their families and and their employees. And they just start to destroy the stuff that they wanted to create in the first place. And it's sad, you know, it's, it's upsetting.
0: Right. Right. Well, it's, it it is sad. And you you really hit it home at the very beginning that Keep doing all these things. I'm working so hard. I'm you know, burning the candle at both ends, I'm I'm hitting the ceiling and all this good stuff. I mean, I've had owners, you know, come to me and ask, even, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, just, hey, look, should I scale back? Should I stop growing? I thought it'd get easier, but it's not. Now I I just now I feel like I'm just a a slave to the business and I'm an employee. Have you ever heard that before out of curiosity as well? And, and what do you recommend
1: to people when you do hear that? Yeah. So it's interesting. And people get caught up in their own egos and where they want to go with the business. And they say, well, I got to grow 10 X, right? Uh, a lot of times I'll go and talk to people. And I'm like, okay, where are you taking the business? hundred million dollars. It's just like, you know, we've trained people to say if you're not growing and you're not building a huge thing, then, you know, you're not going anywhere. And yeah, you know, I find that when you go into these conversations with the question of what do you really want out of your business? And you listen carefully, people will tell you that it's not about the growth. It's not about the numbers. I've got one client who uh was burned out, um, a 20-person company. They had it for 20 years, it was 2020. Um, and uh She was just burned out. She was done with the business. She was ready to give up. And so we came in and we did a one-day session and split roles out and split everything else. And she was very clear. She's like, I don't want to grow this company. She's like, I want to grow a healthy company where people feel comfortable. They want to work. And the phrase she used was, I want to build a company that my employees deserve to work in. Right. And um, that was her goal. It wasn't to grow the bottom line or top line. It was to build a culture where she wanted to work, where her kids wanted to grow. Right. And it took, you know, it took the one full day to fully understand that and to start building an infrastructure around it. Um, And by the by the second month, she called me and she said, I'm finally taking vacations of scheduling them now. I haven't had a vacation forever. And the phrase she said was, I have started to fall back in love with my business. That's awesome. Because if she had subscribed to what everybody tells her to do, you know, she would have another, you know, a couple million dollars on the top line and bottom line and, you know, whatever, but that's not what she needed or that's not what she needed. Right. That's not going to take care of the people. So, um, peeling through that instead of slapping some number on top of things, I mean, we're humans, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You seem very passionate about this. What, 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 What do you enjoy it so much?
1: I feel as though I'm on a mission. I mean, I i never told you this, but I, I have done a lot of startups and I just burned out, <laughs> career burnout, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the 70, 80 hour work weeks, impacts you personally, professionally. Um, it impacts your family. Um, And after I learned these tools, I felt it was my job. It was my responsibility to go out and teach people how to build businesses that are healthy and successful. It's my job. I have to do it. Um, And our community is based off of small to mid-sized businesses. You know, we can't assume that these huge mammoth companies are going to be providing for us, I mean, that's where the growth is, is in these small, and mid-sized businesses. And somebody has to be an advocate for them. Somebody has to teach them that there's an easier way to do it. Because when you're part of a thousand person company, all the books that are written, they're all written for you, right? But yeah. those tools, those are not the same tools that an entrepreneur needs. They need different tools. They need to be flexible. They can't live with the constraints of, a, you know, the same policies that you run 100 or a thousand person company with, they're different. And so I I feel like I'm on a mission to educate them with that. Yeah. And I I mean, you, you share the same passion. I mean, you built a career out of helping the same group of people, right? I mean, why do you do it, Ken? I mean, honestly, yeah.
0: great, Great question. Yeah. I mean, my background comes from big company, but actually shifted into this about seven years ago. And I, I love helping business owners just break out. Right. Um, I'm not an implementer clearly and I'm more into the execution phase, but, and, and the reason that quite honestly, we formed the, the shift spot community was just to help more owners. Right. I think that, uh, it's really tough out there, right? And if you look at, I, I hope I'm not misquoting this because I like to have, you know, exact facts, but um, it, you know, but I believe the last census even said that 90% of the company is out there at 20 million and below, right? And there's a lot of business owners that start with a great idea or start mowing lawns or something like that, that turns into a 15, 20 million dollar landscaping company and their hair is on fire. Right. And they lack some of the basic things to get them through that, such as basic principles of leadership or, you know, sales and marketing. So that's my passion as, as well. And, and, you know, quite honestly, I, I believe EOS as far as the, the, the rigor in the system and then the community that we provide can complement each other a great deal even and and surrounding that, you know, that individual and in owner. I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on that.
1: Um. Yeah, so um, the the description that you had, the ideal client where, uh, you know, the, someone's going out and cutting lawns, and then before you know it, they have a $20 million business. Yeah. Um, before they turn into a $20 million business, they're a $10 million business. And before yeah. they're $10 million business, they're a $5 million business, right? And yeah. they want to get to that $20 million number. Um, and EOS is built for certain companies of a certain size. I mean, it's not, you, you can, people can do it themselves. Yeah. But they, you know, if you're going to work with someone like me, you want to be you want to be ready to make the financial and the time commitment because, you know, I you know me, I push teams, I push I push them hard with whatever they said they want to do. And so what happens when they're not ready for that, when they're not ready to make that investment and they want to go at their pace and they want to say, I want a lifestyle, I don't want to go sign up to a program and they're tired of the fractional this and the fractional that, and they don't want to outsource everything. And they want to be exposed to people who have that experience. Um, and that's why Shift Spot has a neat niche in this community, in this place, because you know there's a lot of places that you can go and sign up for mastermind groups, right? Yeah. Where you're yeah. just surrounded by people that are like you going through the same experience as you, right? But right. What's missing at that table is someone who is an actual HR expert. Exactly. Or an accounting expert, right? Because the the conventional sort of wisdom that we have out there is that if you get to a certain point, you should hire it out. You yeah. should hire it out fractionally. You should hire somebody to do that, right? Well, a lot of companies they don't want to do that. Right. They want to get to a point, they're like, I can handle it if I just had some advice over here and some advice over here, right? Yeah. Um, and th- that's why I love the ship spot is because you can go into that say, hey, I'm thinking about taking this back, doing this myself doesn't make sense, and you're around people who are experts who have done it, yeah. Who can say yes? Oh, and by the way, when you run into this problem, I'll be here next month to uh, to talk through that issue also, right? So it's almost like you're getting a little bit of a coach, yeah, um, and you're also getting uh, an environment, and it's just sort of a neat blend, um, and it's a resource that I. I tell you, I mean, being around coaches and getting that outside perspective is worth—it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> and the fact that you've got experts in there that are also good at verticals, good at HR, that are good at accounting—I mean, that's just—it's um, a unique offering. I haven't—I haven't seen it anywhere yet um, done that way. And I think it's—it's a, it's a resource that um, people are overlooking. And I, I, I tell a lot of people that I work with that are not ready for me. I'm like, what are you ready for? Are you ready to start doing this some of yourself? And yeah. they're like, yes. And those are the people that I talk to about ShowSpot. Those are the ones that I'm like, well, go into an environment where they're going to work with you on your pace. You can ask great questions and get industry expertise on it. Um, there's just not, I don't know anything like that.
0: Yeah, plus I mean, look, it's good to just feel like you're not alone too, right? But let's face it, I see CEO's uh, job is lonely, right? I, I work with a lot of them. And uh, you know, a lot of them, I mean, I have to make tough calls, right? Who do you call? Who do you work with? Right. I mean, you know, you can you can have a board, you can have a coach, or there's but there's there's good there there's a good experience in just surrounding yourself with others are going through that journey uh, in business and in life, just like you are, because, you know, CEOs are the same, right? They put their pants on one leg at a time, right? And uh, a lot of times they find themselves, they, they, they accidentally create this business that takes off, right? I've got a, a good client of mine, um, uh, I'll keep their name out of, they're in our community, $10 million business SEO firm, and uh, it took off. She was an SEO expert, exploded, took off. And she's, she's, she's never had experience in leading and and other areas. And she's actually one that asked, you know, should I scale backwards? Should I do this? And she's not alone. There's lots of people out there that feel that way. So, Brian, this is awesome. How can people reach out to you and get to get to know you better get to know your value proposition? What it is you do? Tell our, tell our listeners, please.
1: Oh, thanks, kid. Um, so if you'd like to talk, I'm always happy to have a conversation. I would schedule a 30 minute meeting with any business owner just to see if there's a way I could help because ShiftSpot, that's one resource. I've got some tools. I'm always happy to give away my tools. You can go to EOSWorldwide.com, front slash Brian Salka, B R I A N Salka. You click over there, see what the tools are, download the tools. And of course, you can always uh, email me and that's Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot SULKA S-U-L-K-A at EOSWorldwide.com. I'm always, uh, you know, always eager to talk to a business owner and see, you know, how I can help.
0: That's awesome. And check us out as well, the shiftspot.com. And uh, Brian, great pleasure to chat with you. Have an awesome, awesome weekend. Appreciate you making time for us on a Friday afternoon. Hey, Ken, thanks a lot. It's fun talking to you.